0: Here we go. Welcome to the show today, bonus episode. So it's one that I'm super excited about. Give you a little backstory. We're doing a live stream on Twitch, just kind of doing some Q and A with the folks there. And one of the questions that came up was actually based off of a video that I did back in the day. I believe it was a Tuesday. I really don't know, but it was, it's an older video of mine. Something that I call the aha moment was discussed in the video and they asked a question about it and then it dawned on me. We've never done a long form on this thing that I call the aha moment. So we sat down, we gave it a good shot, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, what I want you to take away from this is like, number one, it's one of my favorite things on the planet. Number two, if you're a leader, and I promise you, you are in some capacity, like this is one of those things you've just got to get. So without further ado, here is the aha moment.
1: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All in running. Lift off. We have-
0: Go and run love Base here. The Eagle has landed. Here we go. Welcome to the show.
2: Welcome to the show.
0: And we're together again. <laughs> so we did a live stream earlier in the week. Yes. And there were some good questions there. And somebody brought up an old video. Mm-hmm old, you know, as it pertains to my channel, I guess, like one of the first videos I did about something that I call the aha moment. Mm -hmm. And I realized that we had never done a podcast on it. And it was, it's a good topic, Mm -hmm. or at least I feel like it is. So we're going to go ahead and do one about that today. And (laughs) so, you know, I'll talk a little bit about what I think it is and Mm what I, first of all, I feel like if you are a leader and you are not constantly chasing this particular aspect of leadership, you're missing the point. Right, um, And the aha moment, what it is, is, it's whatever it takes, really. But it's the light bulb, right? When you see the light bulb go, like the visual, oh, they oh. get it, representation of right. they receive the message you're trying to deliver. Right. That is the aha moment.
3: Right. It's no longer that vapid stare into space. There's right. like... Oh, that little twinkle happens.
0: And it can be, you know, I've had it happen where I'm addressing an audience of like 300.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I get to see like 70 bulbs go off at the same time. Right. So that's super exciting. Right. <laughs> but it's no less exciting when there's the one individual that for whatever reason just isn't picking up what you're putting down.
1: Right.
0: And you, you finally say it in a way that their brain processes and they go. Got Aha, it. Got it. <laughs> And it's one of my favorite things on the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, in the video, I'll use it again here because it is is—it is one of the most clear analogies I've ever seen. Because, you know, like I said, I've seen it on a mass scale, like lots of light bulbs go off. Mm-hmm. I've seen people put into practice what I've said, so I know they got it. Right. But there was one time in particular, and the reason I bring this one up is because it shows how much the onus is on the leader in the process. Right. Um, I had a soldier when I was a drill sergeant, and we were talking about basic rifle marksmanship. Mm-hmm. And I won't get too deep into the weeds right. on what it is or, right. that I was describing because I get I geek out yeah. on marksmanship and right. sights and minute of angle and all the stuff that goes all into it. Ballistics are my jam. <laughs> um, but this guy, this very simple principle, could not wrap his brain around moving his sight in order to move the strike of his rounds. So more specifically, he couldn't figure out if he was hitting low mm-hmm to move his sight down right, in order to hit high. <laughs> and I, I understand that, that your brain goes, why would I go down to come up?
3: Right, right. Got it. Contrary to just your normal thinking patterns. Sure, up is up, right? <laughs> right. The
0: problem is if you're moving a front sight post, the rounds go in the opposite direction of the direction of that post. right. Something I was trying to get across to this individual, which could not figure. And look, I, this is, here's the point of what I'm saying though. <laughs> I had tried everything. Mm-hmm. I had tried several different slideshow presentations that I've made.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I had tried drawing it out on a dry erase board, like four different ways right. to include like showing the trajectory of the round, what his eye sees, what the sight sees, three lines representing the three. It just wasn't not tracking. Not and this has gone on for about a day and a half where he just couldn't figure this out. And so as and a leader. it wasn't
3: for lack of interest on the other no. person's part. It was, I mean, there was a desperation to understand what it is. And that's really, I think, the, where that aha moment is so exciting. When the person is desperate to understand.
0: Right. And, and that is, you know, that is best case scenario. Right. When the person has just as much buy into understanding as you do to them understanding, you're killing it. Like right. that's exactly where you want to be. Sometimes, they could care less <laughs>
2: right. about understanding,
0: but you still have to make sure they get it as a leader.
2: Right, right.
0: So, day and a half, and it's important to point out, like, as a leader in this situation, having exhausted everything I could readily think of, it does frustrate you. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you get to give up.
3: Right, or give you a pass to be ugly to the person that's not understanding. Right,
0: like, in that situation, me going, you're idiot." that's not going to help anyone. Anyway. No.
3: Then everyone just feels bad.
0: And the reality (laughs) is, like, I'm going to be for real, for real. Mm -hmm. The only idiot in that scenario would be the person who said it. The leader who can't figure out how to get the message across. Right. Uh, So you have to be very asymmetrical in your approach when it comes to this aha moment that is so critical. And I was. I was in a a frustrated place, but I didn't let it affect me. And Mm -hmm. after having drawn, like, the 15th diagram (laughs) on the dry erase board... And it's just him now. Like, Mm -hmm. there's 59 other cats there, but it's just he and I and a couple of his buddies are surrounded, like, trying to get him to figure it out. It's not coming through. In a moment of frustration, though, I've still got this Sharpie or this dry erase marker in my hand. I'm like, you know what? Hold this. And I showed him, that's your front sight post. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm your target. Point at me and shoot. Right. And so he points his little hand at me and I go, okay, you hit low. So I move the... Dry erase marker down in his hand. I said, now get the same sight picture. And he moved his arm up and he goes, oh, and legitimately said, aha. Right.
3: <laughs> right. Because he saw right. that gasp and that aha, <laughs> what was being
0: represented as the barrel of the weapon mm-hmm. moving up, which means the rounds would move up and right. he got it. Yay. And so I use that example because it was all of it. It was yes. all the frustration on my part. All the frustration on his part. Right. Neither one of us being willing to give up on getting through to him, and then it finally paying off in the form of the aha moment.
2: Right, right.
0: This is not just you know, and that that's one facet of leadership, right? Exactly. That is a a far out there for some people facet of leadership because drill sergeant duty. Like right.
3: you're not going to be teaching sure. people to shoot necessarily, but you are teaching people to do something. The
0: principality of it does not change based right. off environment. And it it is no less critical in any form of leadership. I mean, you know, let's, we'll talk about parenting because that is a, a shared hardship sometimes, (laughs) mostly a shared joy.
3: Yes, mostly.
0: But when it comes to that with your kiddos, the same thing is just as important.
3: Right. Right. And it's, it can be anything with the kids, you know, it's, it's from.
0: It is everything with the kids.
3: (laughs) Anything and everything. I mean, it's from being a kind human and how to deal with school scenarios. Sure. It's, you know, how to deal with at-home scenarios amongst brothers and sisters, amongst your parents. I mean, everything from you teach them how to brush their teeth so their right. teeth don't rot out of their head and make their bed. Because you should make your bed every morning. You know?
0: And one that we have to have had to go through with all four of them.
3: Yeah.
0: And I'm going to use this as a parenting example. Because if you've got kids or been around kids or if you're an aunt or an uncle, whatever. Right. You've done this, and it look. This is more frustrating. What I'm here to say, this is more frustrating than the frustration I felt <laughs> teaching rifle marksmanship to Ooh, this guy. I'm excited,
1: lay it it on is. us. <laughs>
0: because what I'm here to talk to, I mean, tying your shoes. Oh, so like we're dealing with it with our youngest the, right I now. I can
3: totally just slide out of my chair and lay on the floor. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> it is.
0: It is the worst
3: because it there is a level of complexity. Sure. And particularly when you're teaching a child. Who, almost all kids write their letters and numbers backwards. Right, and so now you're trying to teach them how to do this visual thing, similar to writing, with both their hands, and And, not do it backwards. And
0: not only that, but you're trying to incorporate every poem or story or something to get them to get it. Is it a loop, swoop, pull? Is it a bunny ears? Is who knows? (laughs) But it is very frustrating to try and get the kiddo to get it
3: right because you don't want them to be a velcro for life
0: and as the leader in that scenario the parent
3: right
0: you can i mean unless yeah unless you want them rocking velcro at 15 right it and that's not a good look for anyone i don't care who says it's coming back it's not
1: no no um
0: then you have to stick with it yes Yep. And it's, you know, for the kiddo, it's frustrating, but yes. you can't give up. Just And why is it so frustrating for a leader? Okay. <sighs> Using that example right. and even the rifle marksmanship, one I talked about before, anything where you are the subject matter expert, it's right. because this task right. is almost unconscious for you.
3: Right. You can do it while you're talking to someone. You right. can do it without looking. You just, you put the shoe on your foot and you tie it and you're it's, done.
0: It's muscle memory. And when <laughs> right. you're trying to teach happens. something that you are that good at to someone who doesn't know it. And isn't getting it, right. it can that frustration can really add up. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't allow you right. to go. Well, they don't get it,
3: right? Right. You you don't get to tell your five year old you're an idiot. You're never going to be able to do this, and walk out of the room. You can. Well, you can. I don't know
0: it's going to be constructive.
3: No, it's not. And I feel like that's one of those moments that gets seared into their minds. Oh, I
0: challenge you to try that with our five year old. <laughs> she will mess you up. She'll
3: punch your beard off. She'll punch
0: your beard right <laughs> off. <laughs>
3: That's a that's a new saying in our house. <laughs>
0: yep, punch your beard off. Punch your beard off. Um, <laughs> but you don't get to quit on it.
3: No, no, you don't. And and coming at it from several different angles, having taught four kids and working on the right. fourth, some of them picked it up really quickly. Sure, and it was like, oh, not a problem. And others, it was just a real booger.
0: <laughs> and with that, and so
3: you had you had to do it in a lot of different ways.
0: Right. Every And that's the thing, you know, that one of the big takeaways from this whole aha moment conversation is that everyone learns differently right. and you have to treat everyone as an individual. So, like, you can't you can't project, like, with the kids, you can't project how the oldest learn how to do it right. onto the youngest. Right. Because they don't... It doesn't matter if they have similar personalities. Their brains are just not the same, just
2: not the same at all. Right. <laughs>
0: um, just like you can't project, like... I remember the moment I learned to tie my shoes. Mm-hmm. I can, with great clarity, tell you where I was sitting, what house I was in, city, county, address, you name it. Wow. I know exactly where I was at when I learned to tie see? my shoes.
3: Seared into your mind moment. For forever.
0: <laughs> and it's not a great memory.
3: Okay. So, see? But. See? <laughs> this is I important. can't,
0: because it was like everyone tapped out. Everyone gave up. Yeah. I'm like three and a half, legitimately. Oh,
3: gosh. that's. that's... And they're
0: like, figure it out. I was oh. like, Okay. But I did. Yeah. And so I certainly can't project how I learned... Right. ...onto my five-year-old and be like, just figure it out, stupid.
2: Right. Don't sit
0: in your closet and cry until your shoes are tied. Aw. You can't do that.
2: No.
0: I mean, you can. Right. But it's not the preferred method. No. No. And so that's the big thing with on the leadership side.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it doesn't matter how you learned it. Right. It doesn't matter how you were taught it. Right. Like, a lot of the times, you know goodness I, I could go go ahead
3: well i was gonna say the way you learned it is sometimes a good place to start that's a good springboard to this is your initial introduction to teaching somebody something new right this is this is how i learned how to do it because like with the shoe time thing i wasn't getting it on my shoe and so my mom made me a shoe box with a shoelace right. weaved into it and so i could hold it move it in whatever position that wasn't attached to my leg right and then I could get the feeling of how it was. So it's a good start point, but it isn't necessarily going to cover all of the ways that somebody needs to be taught something.
0: Right. Well, and the other thing, look, like, you know, we talked about environment matters and all that stuff matters. Like, there are certain lessons that I learned in the military under extreme conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Now... (laughs) Could I try and recreate those extreme conditions to teach? I probably could. Right. But is that necessarily the right answer?
2: Right.
0: Like when someone, a detainee says that they have night vision, err on the side of caution and believe them. I learned that. (laughs) I learned that by almost getting shot right in the face. But I don't think I need to create that. No. For someone to understand if a detainee says they have night vision up the block, you should believe them.
2: Right.
0: (laughs) Even if you think they're full of it, they'll be like, maybe. Right. Maybe so. Maybe we should keep a low silhouette. You know what I mean? Just stay low. (laughs)
3: The thing that's interesting, though, is that as you teach people things, and as they're learning, and they're progressing in their knowledge, you do start putting them under more extreme circumstances. Well, sure. You know what I mean? Where it's like, now your kid knows how to tie their shoe, and now you're like, okay, I'm going to time you. Let's see how long it takes. You know, you turn things into a game. Or, like, even in the military, when you do the... You know, you're going to whatever training environment and they're your people, but half of you are good guys and half of you are bad right. guys. And now it gets more extreme as you go, but you have to start with with an aha moment of getting s- it. Right. Of understanding so that you can make it through these more extreme tests and trials so that you can perform it in the end.
0: Right. And you know, like <laughs> you can't start in Baghdad. Right. On foot patrol. You can't. You, you, no. I mean, I've seen it. It doesn't work out well. No. It's not a good start point.
3: No.
0: Um, Just like the shoe-tying thing. It's not good to start with that being a stressful task. Right. And, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where you could use a thousand different examples. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, like, even even the way you were taught, the reality is, like, that might be antiquated. Mm -hmm. Or the communication used isn't applicable anymore.
3: Right. Right. The systems have changed. There's better ways...
0: And, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it a hundred times where, you know, I was a wizard at this thing. Right. And now I've got to go teach it. But the time that elapsed between me being a wizard and today, the system changed drastically. And I haven't touched it. (laughs) Right. So that's the other thing. Because you are a leader. You are the subject matter expert. The onus is on you to be able to train your subordinates Mm -hmm. to, or train your peers or whoever the heck needs to know this information. Right. And so if you are in that position to be the one chasing the aha moment, the Mm -hmm. one who is going to be giving out the knowledge, guess what? You got to stay savvy on it.
3: Right. You've got to. Right. It's true. And that's an added layer of work and time and effort, but it's worth it.
0: Right. Because you know, the reality is, look, there's been things that like I was just talking about that, I'll give another example of how this has happened in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, the sixty millimeter mortar system—that thing was my baby. Yeah, I, I got big time awards using mm-hmm. that weapon system in combat. Like I've got valor devices for being a rock star on that right. particular weapon system, and that when by the time I was a sergeant first class, they totally recocked the system. Mm-hmm. And then they issued us the new equipment and said, go make it happen.
3: Wait, what? And,
0: you know, the kids are like, oh, let's get it. I'm like, don't you touch it. <laughs> like, give it to daddy. Let me go try and break it for two days and figure it out. Because at the end of the day, if I'm going to check on training, right. I have to be able to make sure it's being conducted properly mm-hmm. and that you're doing it the right way. And if I haven't done it, then I can't stand up and espouse how to do it. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right. That would be like Velcro dad walking in the room and saying, here's how you tie your shoes. You don't know, pops. Take your ruse off and go get some real shoes.
2: <laughs> oh, your ruse. Yes. I'm going old school. Old school.
0: <laughs> so with that, you know, you ha- you have to know what you're talking about. Right. Um, and I'm going to add to that because it's something that I've, I've always been a little guilty of, but I always let people know it up front. And so if this is you, <laughs> it's cool if you let them know up front.
2: Mm. And here's
0: what I'm talking about. Okay. I'll take it back to rifle Martianship because I did it every single class. Yes. If you are good at something, Mm -hmm. and you are like proficient in the now, the system hasn't changed, or if it has, you've become a wizard on it. Whatever the case may be, if you are super, super good at something, Mm -hmm. and you're about to pitch that sucker as a block of instruction, or start telling people how to do it, which is great, empower Mm -hmm. the heck out of them, you better start by going, what I always did was, hey, I'm really into this, And I have a tendency to oversimplify things that I'm good at.
2: Right.
0: So if you find yourself going, huh, don't wait till the end. Right. Because this all builds on itself.
2: (laughs) Stop me right there (laughs) and ask
0: me, What the heck are you talking about? Now that can't be achieved without them understanding that you're one, there because you care about them and you want them to get it. Right. And two, you're not going to chomp their head off for asking a question. Right.
3: For interrupting the train as it's going down the track, <laughs> and you know
0: that's why the I think the shoe tying thing is so critical. And it's not to, you know, diminish anyone's important in life, but everyone learning a new task is like a five year old learning right. how to tie their shoes.
3: Right. Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, is. I think on the flip side of the aha coin, when you're the person that needs the aha moment, you really need to approach it as the five year old learning to tie the shoe. If you come in thinking, "Oh, this is going to be easy, and I already know how to do it, and I th- I'm going to do it better than you," and right. all the things, you're going to have a hard time really picking up what you need to know and all the nuances that that come with it.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, I've I've been there. You know, right. I watch people who were. Airborne, Air Assault, Ranger Tab, you name it, walk into Pathfinder School and have their lunch eaten. Right. Because they're like, oh, I've done this. Right. I'm, I'm in whatever company. I do this all the time. Yeah. Yeah? Well, you're going to the house, homie, because you just double no go that test, and we'll see you later. <laughs> right. Like, Sorry. That's what happens when you don't... Both parties need to come humbly to the table.
3: Right.
0: Right. Um, and understand, like, you know, that ego has no place in instruction. Absolutely. It just really doesn't belong there. Like, maybe you are the greatest thing on the planet when it comes to this particular thing. Shut your mouth and show them. Right. Don't run right. your mouth about it. Right.
3: You don't have to be up there with your peacock feathers out showing off. Just break it down so people can understand.
0: Because here's the thing. I can tell you, you know, when it when it came to marksmanship, mm-hmm. like, that reputation followed me everywhere I went. Yes. And it wasn't because I show up to a new unit and going, I'm awesome at marksmanship. Or I know a ton about ballistics or I'm sniper qualified was none of that stuff. Right. It was because the first time I saw a classroom setting or a block of instruction or someone just talking it,
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I would interject in a polite way, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not to like undermine the instructor, but to help out or offer assistance. Right. And before you know it, they're like, this guy's a wizard. And they say it.
3: Right. Uh-huh. I don't have to say a word. Right. Right. <laughs> Let them do your PR for you. <laughs> and
0: so as the leader who chases the aha, as you should, mm-hmm. What? what's a better endorsement? You run in your mouth about how good you are or everyone going, if you need to know this, you need to go see whoever.
2: Right.
0: And again, like, you know, I don't want, I never want any of the messaging from the show to be leaders going, why does you always say we suck? Like, I'm not saying you suck. I'm not. No,
3: it's just something to keep in and, mind.
0: And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a success. There's nothing wrong yeah. with wanting to be the apex predator of leaders that everyone just looks at, but there's a way to get there that is going to keep you so above the fray, right. so beyond repro- reproach, and it's by humbly coming and imparting knowledge.
3: Right, right, right. Just being willing to share, willing to help with a good attitude and, and ready You're just ready to do what needs to be done,
0: and you know. So you, we'll talk a little more about the message receiver Mm because I do think that's an important piece.
3: Yeah,
0: Um, I've been there too. (laughs) Yep, I've received a (laughs) lot of messages in my lifetime.
3: Yes,
0: and I can tell you, you know, like man, name the course. You know, yeah, plenty of courses that I was, I was hot. Like I knew what I was doing going into them, but. The thing is, if you are the receiver, even if you are, you know, a 70% proficiency level, 80% proficiency, 99.9% proficiency level, if you're going into a class or a brief or, you know, coming to see Travis do a keynote,
1: Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) pay attention. Right.
0: Come with an open mind and a sense of humility to learn because every one of those courses that I went to that I thought, I've got this. This is what I do. Right. I always learn something.
3: Yes. Just hearing it in someone else's words or from their perspective or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing to them that's so important might be different than yours. And sometimes it really does transform how you think about it or how you're going to teach it when it's your turn.
0: Right. And, you know, there's, there's little stuff that you can pick up that, like you said, because the intent, you know, the big overarching point of this aha moment and this is for for all the leaders what you all are anyway is and i've said this a ton of times in other stuff but it's it's really my heart's desire for leadership is you're training your replacement right as a leader if you are not actively training your replacement you're missing the point yeah because here's the deal two Two things to keep in mind.
3: Some people are like, training my replacement, that's crazy. Why would I do that? I'm
0: going to help you with that. What about me? What about you? (laughs) Um, That's what That what about me thing is like your last order of merit when it comes to being a leader. And I'll tell you why. Because number one, if you are able as a leader to come in and asymmetrically teach anybody anything and have them get it, not only are you a great leader, but you are a great trainer. Not only can you do the task, but you can teach the task.
3: Yes. You're setting yourself apart.
0: That makes you promotable.
3: Hey, so (laughs) who doesn't want that?
0: (laughs) They're never, I mean, and I guarantee you people are listening to this right now and they've been in that spot before where they're like, Hey, about me for that promotion Mm -hmm. boss. And their boss is like, we just don't have anyone to take your place. Right. And you shot yourself in the foot by not empowering everyone around you to know what you know.
3: Right by being an information hoarder. Which are the worsties. <laughs> I know. Well, it's so interesting though, but it's like in the military, particularly where you were, I feel like there was just so much information sharing. Everybody was really willing to be like, this really worked and this really helped and I built this form and I did this.
0: But that's because we got the second point. Right. And the second point is, it's going to be here after you. Yeah. Whether you get promoted or you leave of your own accord or you retire in that position,
1: right.
0: it's going to carry on after you,
1: Right?
0: whether, you know, for us, it was, yeah. it's just time to move brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had to share everything, right? That guy coming in behind you, who you, you know, in the corporate world, I've seen it and it's gross where they look at the person coming to take their place and you're not going to do as good as me. No, they're not. Cause you just set them up for failure.
3: Right. And I think the other thing, the, the beautiful thing about it in the military is that you had developed relationships, and it can be the beautiful thing in the civilian world, too, but you had developed relationships with the people that you were leaving, and so you right. wanted them to be well taken care of, so all the information that you had, you wanted to pass on to the next people that were going to be leading them, so that there would be continuity and consistency and that they would understand what was going on and they would be well taken care of.
0: And don't get me wrong, you know, because of that, like, there were times where someone was taking my place as I was leaving. And look, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'm like, this person sucks, you know?
3: (laughs) Right, that's just going to happen. But
0: guess what? I cared about who they were leading. Right. And maybe, maybe if I do my very best, at very least... Who I'm leaving behind will be taken care of. And best case scenario, maybe they'll go, I'm going to do it that way. Right. I'm going to pick up some of what he's leaving behind. Right. And be a better leader tomorrow. Exactly. So don't ever look at that like I'm being replaced. And, you know, it's for me, like that was a hard pill to swallow, even though I had spent my entire career preparing for the notion that one day I'm going to be out of this organization.
2: completely. Right.
0: You still start, you know, grasping at straws on your way out the door where it's like, what about that? And what about that? And what about that? Yeah. And I had to tell myself the same advice I had given other people and had been told to me before, like, it's going to live on beyond you. Right. It's been here like 200 years, guy. Right. It's not the United States, Travis.
3: Right. (laughs) It's going to be fine. It was here before you. It'll be here after you. But I think the thing is, because you are and were and continue to be a good leader, you really wanted to know that what you had done was going to be impactful for the people that you were saying goodbye to.
0: Right. But here, and here's the other thing, you know, I'm going to use a, a big extreme example as I always do. Okay.
3: (laughs) Shocking.
2: (laughs) There are
0: going to be times when you, you have that pragmatic acceptance kick in. You've been chasing the aha moment for, you know, a year, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. And you've mm-hmm. built this thing up to something that you're proud of. Right. And now you have to leave it. Right. And there are going to be times where you find out that things took a, a nosedive after you left, yeah. that things sucked after you left, that yeah. things blew up after you left. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. You did your best. And I'll give right. you an example. My first deployment,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we were all over Iraq. Yes. I mean, we were the new shiny toy for every general on the planet. Like, right. The most successful battalion expeditionary yes. force. I mean ever. Right.
3: If you go back, if you were, you know, if you watched the news, if you know, at any point in time, it was coverage of everything you guys right. were doing.
0: If if we sneezed, it was like striker soldier from Fort Lewis sneezed, like everyone <laughs> right. knew who we were. <laughs> right. Um, and we made huge inroads in. Mosul In northern Iraq, mm-hmm. we get there, you know, right around Uday and Kuse popping off and that right. whole thing. It was like the last bit of the old regime was gone and we helped in a massive way yes. restart infrastructure, restart textiles, restart all this stuff, right. Right. schools. Everything was on the up, mm-hmm. right? The installation that we lived on, Fab Merez, mm-hmm. went from being just straight mud and sand to like the chow hall. Like right. we've got rooms, there's running water, like right. things are coming together. It's cool. Right. So so cool, in fact, like local nationals were allowed to come set up stores mm-hmm. on Merez. Like it was a big deal. Right. And the country respected us. They didn't they didn't push us. We didn't push them. It was a good relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We leave, and like two weeks later, someone blows up our chow hall.
3: Right. Just heartbreaking.
0: A- and it was one of those situations where we did our very best to empower the people replacing us. Right. There was some resistance on their part. They were not as receptive to the the message as we were to giving them the aha moment. Mm-hmm. And because they thought they knew things they hadn't learned yet, right. there were some consequences. Right. And the initial knee jerk when you're leaving an environment that you've done good things in, whether it's you know in retail, in Iraq, in where finance, wherever at the house, right. wherever you are, right. and you see things take a nosedive mm-hmm. because of your absence. Right. You can't take the ownership of that.
3: No, no, it <laughs> it's very difficult not to, or or to go. Well, had I been there, right? The, you weren't there, and it wasn't your responsibility, and you did your very best, and and the the reality is, is they were doing their very best. Sure. And you know, there there is going to be some difficulty.
0: But I can tell you, even in that situation, right, when you're. When you're starting to feel discouraged because you see things went downhill when you yeah. walked away, there's a bright side to that because what's this whole conversation about? Like the people who had that little flub, we'll call it a little flub. I mean, we had a pasta bar, man. It was legit, but we'll call it a little flub. That's whatever pasta you want any night of the week. I'm just, for the folks watching, I'm intense about the pasta. I don't really do anymore like limited carbs, but back then, anyway, um, so there was that little flub on their part right right and we did our best in a very asymmetrical fashion to show Mm -hmm. them what we knew right chasing the aha moment with them and they didn't quite get it but our efforts weren't in vain because once they saw the little flub happen
3: right
0: aha they were right right
3: now I understand what they were saying. Now I see.
0: So when you think that your message wasn't received, when you think that it's gone downhill because of you not being there mm. and things tanked or went awry shortly right. after your departure, it's okay because sometimes, and its you've heard it a million times, sometimes people have to learn the hard way.
3: Right, it's true. And the other thing about about that, just that situation, is that it's, it is is not uncommon because people really do have to learn the hard way. I mean, theres if you look at you know schools or churches or a lot of other organizations where it's like there's been one main person and and the whole group is following this person and then that person leaves for whatever reason there is always a breakdown oh sure you know particular like in churches and stuff you know the youth pastor leaves and and now that Tight knit group of kids starts to kind of disperse, like, See ya. Yeah. right? Because that he was the glue that was holding everyone together, or or,
0: or at least that was you know the
3: perception, the perception
0: among the people, right. yes.
3: And so then the new person comes in, and they have a new way of doing things, even though it's the same message and the same amount of excitement, right? And it's all of it. There, there is a natural breakdown that happens when there is a change of leadership. So, as a leader, don't be discouraged if you are witnessing that little bit of breakdown. The reality is is it can be really exciting because now you get to form this the new glue that's gonna right. bring everybody back together and, you know, be stronger than it was before. Because the community that's there, they'll come back together and they will be strong. Sure. And and then and when they realize that they owe some of that to your efforts, now you're you have, you know, surpassed that last level.
0: And it's and that's the thing, it's, you know, for the aha thing it's incumbent on both leaders new and old and all participants to really chase it because you know if you're that new leader yeah that's an opportunity to to do it right in your way but using the principalities from before and if you're the old leader look like your legacy gets to live on and that's a good thing that means you did it right so yeah you know what i'm just gonna stop it there might seem a little abrupt but that's where we're gonna end the show and i hope you guys enjoyed it and we will see you next time all right, folks, there you have it. That was the aha moment bonus episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know kind of a weird, abrupt ending, but so what you guys didn't see is there was a shared aha moment between us, uh nonverbal, that we both understood and got the fact that it was time to end the show. So that's why it ended kind of abruptly. I hope you guys enjoyed it, though. Again, as a leader, which I know that you are in some capacity, super important to get this one. And, you know, just it's that thing. It's that thing that has always just driven me to make sure people get it and you know that sense of buying and ownership that you get and those that endorphin rush that you did it like it's just awesome so hope you guys enjoyed it hope took something away from it and we will talk to you next time